a story that recently came out that apparently they found evidence that he was murdered. All this time, everybody was saying it was suicidal, suicidal, suicidal. The, co- the coroner came out and said, no, there was evidence that he had three broken bones in his neck. Which means, and that doesn't happen from suicidal, from suicides. The, the coroner said that's kind of physically impossible. He'd have to jump off of a bridge, and even then it would be hard to do. Um, and basically, what the story basically says, and I, and I 100% say this, this is like really creepy that he's dead, but Epstein's autopsy points to homicide. And this is the New York Times reporting. Uh, pathologist uh, hired by the brother claims that the New York City medical examiner strongly disputed the claim that evidence from the autopsy suggested strangulation. That's the person who was hired by the city to basically give a diagnosis. Well, apparently, the forensic palaces hired by his brother said on Wednesday that there's evidence that suggested that Mr. Epstein did not die by suicide, but might have been strangled. The new, and And that's kind of crazy because yes i get it where like a lot of people would say oh he's hired by the brother the brother might be telling him to say things but that's something that when somebody brings up a contention with somebody they have to bring it they have to investigate it right they have to find out if this is true he was in prison and that means if somebody strangled him somebody killed him that's 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 a homicide right justice needs to be served for that um even though he wasn't exactly a good person uh, and the private Dr. Michael Bain said on the morning Fox that Mr. Epstein 66 experienced a number of in- in- injuries among them a broken bone in his neck. And that's extremely unusual in suicide hangings and could occur more often commonly in a homicidal strangulation. I think that there's evidence that p- points to homicide rather than suicide. Okay. They go on to basically say, I stand firmly behind my decisions and determination of the case and the manner of the case. Dr. Sampson, who was the, uh, the New York City uh, uh, doctor who diagnosed him and did the autopsy, said that in general, fra- fractures of the higher and born and cartilage can be seen in suicides and homicides. So there is two doctors going one-on-one. And essentially, a lot of people are kind of going in this. There is a, a conspiracy here. A lot of people that I've spoken to when this first came out said he's a billionaire. One, he's still alive. This was totally a cover-up so that they could take him out of jail and put him on an island somewhere. He could live out the rest of his days. This man was extremely, extremely, extremely wealthy. Okay? And if that's the case, then guess what? Hey, he's out of the, he's out of the world. It's messed up, but none of us will ever know that. That would take some serious investigative reporting. Uh, wait a second. Status coup. We investigate. I don't know. It could be a story for later on. Two. He had a lot of people that he dealt with who were super powerful, super rich, and did not want him in jail because for fear of talking, for fear of writing a book someday, for fear of doing something. Did they have him killed? We don't know. That's, that's once again, it's like if you pay somebody to be killed, I'm sure you're going to pay for a lot of money with, um, which, 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 you know, is a good thing. 
the next thing I'm going to say is that could it have just been a correctional officer who said, I'm pissed off and you're a jerk and you're a piece of garbage. Let's take care of this. Maybe he got some money. But if there is a sliver of possibility that this is correct, that he was, that there was a homicide, not a suicide, guess what? All the, the conspiracy theorists out there might have a point, might have a point, might have a point to say this needs further investigation. This needs something that has to happen. And here's the thing. I bring this up because when this happened, I remember having a conversation with a good friend of mine. Shout out to Brian downstairs. He's actually my downstairs neighbor. He's actually the one who, with him and his girlfriend, had the little dog from yesterday. Um, we had this conversation that this guy was probably murdered or is still alive. Billionaires just don't stay in jail. Unfortunately, that's the world we live in. It's so many cases where that happens. So, guess what? That is a story that I think is kind of interesting. That is a story that more is going to develop. And I think it's interesting because what is funny, didn't see a lick of that on CNN. Didn't see a lick of that on MSNBC. Didn't see a lick of that on anywhere except the New York Times. They didn't even bring it up. Why didn't you bring up that story? That, to me, is a lot bigger than talking about Trump 24-7. I mean, seriously. I thought I thought that that was something that should have been talked about and should have been done that. So, and we're talking about the Keystone, you know, the Keystone Pipeline, that there were several hearings over the last couple of days from people talking about things and people getting into heated discussions about things. And guess what? I'm going to tell you right now, it was pretty, it's pretty bad. You know, it's pretty bad where you see that, you know, land, people who've owned land for the better part of their existence are, you know, just not having a situation. And, you know, one of the things that I feel that happens is that these people are, you know, 100% involved in just trying to protect their land and they're trying to do what's right for their family, you know? So what I say is, is that um, a ruling happened a while back and it was pretty, it was pretty close that where basically eminent domain was instituted. So for those out there who don't know what eminent domain is, because I had heard the terminology, but I didn't know what it was. But those who don't know, that's where you own a piece of property. And imagine you're paying your mortgage or you've paid your mortgage and you're just paying taxes on the property for 20 years. And the government says, we need your land because we want to build a highway or we want to build a pipeline or we want to build something that we need that we feel will help the public. Uh, we're going to take over your land. You know? And I don't know about everybody out there, but I know for a fact, if I'm sitting in my house and you come into my house and say, hey, I'm going to take your TV. And I love my TV, by the way. Um, in the middle of watching a game or something, I'm going to be kind of upset. All right? I'm going to be like, wait, no, you're not. You're not taking my property. It's my property. I've paid for it. I've worked hard to pay for it. 
And that's what's happening. That's what's happening. Like, I 100% say that this is kind of crazy. I don't know. Like, I look at this situation and I say that this is a problem. I just realized I should totally have this mask up the whole broadcast. I'm just going to put it up there. Uh, that should be the Halloween thing. And what I realize is these people are having to do this. There's pe these people are having people come over their go come over their land and say, no, no, this is not, you know, this is not right. And like I said, and I want to ask everybody, you know, let me know how you would feel if somebody did that. You're sitting in your house and somebody says, oh, I'm going to take your girlfriend. And, you know, we feel like she'll be good for public use. I know that's a little harsh. That's a little extreme. But it's just like these are what these people are going through. Like there's there's literally a story of a woman who has a piece of land and they took it and she had animals. She had horses and stuff. And they said, no, we're the horses are now the property of the U.S. government. I was reading on this. I said, what? That's like anybody who has animals or pets or anything like that's part. That's like a member of your family. You're going, you know, you're going to fight. You're going to be like, no, this isn't going to happen. This isn't wrong. So essentially what I will say is that, um, you know, there have been a few things that have happened and there have been a few things that, that have happened. And one of those things is the United States Department of Oil Pipeline re review doesn't ease worries. And you know why? Because we have a situation here where the government was charged a few years ago to do environmental studies and essentially this is the same old story you get you get the you know government saying well hey we're not sure it's going to be safe but it's a chance we have to take because this could if it actually works we will be great it'll help humanity it'll help everyone and then they say, but there's a chance that like a couple thousand people would get sick and not a big deal. Oh, and by the way, the couple thousand people that might get sick are a Native American reservation. Really? Are we, is history repeating itself? Like, did you not learn from 200 years ago? You know, nice boats coming over from Europe saying, hey, learn, teach us how to make some corn. And uh, yeah, we're a little sick. Cough, cough. Now you're sick. Oh, but wait, now you're getting better. Ah, oh, we're just going to slaughter you. We're just going to make you move somewhere else. It's your home, but ah, we're going to take it over. I have friends who are British who literally say the, that the British Empire screwed everything up. They they say this, and I don't. I just say I laugh because I find it very humorous. But are we doing this again? Like, seriously. Like, it's 100% awesome. Like, it's 100% awesome. Lone Star Indie, love you, love you, love the support. Thank you so much. I, I, I gotta say, I was telling friends and family that this did feel kind of comfortable. It, it, I love it. I love the energy. I love engaging with everybody. But I'll read something from it. Opponents of the Keystone XL pi oil pipeline from Canada said that Trump, the Trump administration is understanding the potential for the line to break and spill water bodies such as the Montana's Missouri River and the U.S. State Department held the sole public meeting Tuesday on a new environmental review, the, lone stall, the long stalled proposal. Backers say the $8 billion project would create thousands of jobs, construction jobs, boost local tax revenues, and basically help the, the economy. 
But, and they say the energy insistence would be safe, but there's spills and other line operated by the company. And essentially what's happening is there's a bunch of risk to try to do this. And then guess what? It, it, it doesn't work. Okay. And what happens if it doesn't work? Last year, the federal judge came out and said, blocked it last year and said that more study was needed. You know why more study is needed? Because sometimes the environment is not that simple. Sometimes it's a little complicated. Sometimes it's something that is it's wrong. So guess what? You know what happened? I will say that it's, it's just like that. It's actually, essentially, the Republicans have been a strong supporter and have revived the project after it was rejected under President Obama. And President Trump has reversed that, which seems very petty. It seems like everything that Obama did, he's like, ah, just for the basis that Obama did, I'm going to reverse it. Okay, cool. But, key, and, and there have been several people that have said Keystone is a wonderful neighbor. Yes, there's a risk of spillage. We have to be willing to take that risk. It's a very minuscule chance. Okay, so if that minuscule chance happens and a couple thousand people get sick, what are you going to say then? Oh, the risk was minimal? Is that going to be your defense? Is that going to help the people when kids are getting sick and adults are throwing up and, they, and you know, there's no way to help them? Is that going to be your thing? I don't know. I don't know. So, you know, Obama did a really thorough investigation and decided it wouldn't work. If it goes downstream, how long will it take to flush those lines out? That was the question. Well, guess what? They're talking about it would take anywhere from five to ten years. Like, seriously? So, there's just... The, the, the U.S. government says that there's, there's so much money to be made from oil. So much. And all they see is dollar signs. Okay? All they see them. They see dollar signs. And how many times in human history have humans been greedy... Because they would see dollar signs, right? Well, I'm going to tell you, I don't think that any risk where a place where people could get sick is a good thing. I don't. I think that whenever you have a risk that people could get sick, and especially risks like this, guess what? I don't think it's run in. I don't think it's right. It's, it's unbelievable that the United States government is at the place where they think a risk that can affect the public is worth taking the risk to get money because it's all about the money it's all about the green it's all about what they can do right well there's a video that i want to play for everybody here and it is about the heated discussion okay um it's about the heated discussion that basically took place between a bunch of people in this particular uh, domain where basically people were saying, hey, you know, this is, this is essentially what's gonna happen. This is a very effective way to shut down that kind of dialogue and that kind of... The misunderstanding you have here, ma'am, is this. 
This has been going on for 10 years. The voices have been heard. Yeah, it's been rejected three times. Now our voices were heard. And over all these years, in all these studies, it's, it's been found to be fruitful benefit. No, it hasn't. Three times. Our, our nation. Three times. The State Department's EIS said three separate times that it was not in the public interest. It got denied three times. Judge Morris. And so Trump illegally brought this back up. needed more environmental studies. What are you? Are you literally? You're now. You're, you're now making it Trump, right? The State Department's EIS said this is not in the public interest. Three separate times. Three. 28 to 42% over not building the pipeline. That's what the EIS said. The EIS said it was going to reduce deaths every year by six deaths every year is what the EIS said versus not building the pipeline. This is going to bring in $12 million a year to school equalization that every school district in the state of Montana can use over the 50-year life expectancy of this pipeline. That's $300 million that every school in this state can use. I'm not sure what's happened in the... Let me say this. I'm not sure what's happened in America when you have family farmers and ranchers who are being threatened with imminent domain for a foreign oil corporation pipeline. When in America was it okay for imminent domain to be used for private gain? On top of it, for a foreign oil pipeline, a pipeline that's gonna carry foreign tar sands through our land, through tribal land, threatening our water, down to the export terminal for a refinery that is owned by Saudi Arabia. How is that in the America's interest? The Murray County Commission is a mediator. County Commission is a mediator for far, farmers and ranchers in Macomb County, Curry County, Dawson County, and Fallon County. We brought them all together. We talked to TransCamp. They were welcome if they wanted to They were not invited. I'm the attorney for the Fort Peck tribes, and we were not invited. Ranchers and farmers, they have no legal representation. They came in and they sat down with us. They have questions and answers with TransCanada personnel. TransCanada never met with the tribes on our reservation lands. They have never come and had a consultation about any of these issues on tribal lands. When it was all said and done, the spokesman called me back and said, even happen without Mr. Devlin, they have, they have <coughs> treated us more than fair. And that was a quote, more than fair. We said they were satisfied with that. We wanted to make sure our landowners were satisfied with it. And when they were, we left it be and supported it. Landowners when they are faced with TransCanada coming knocking on their door, they are told if you don't sign the contract, your land will be taken through eminent domain. Yep. How is that a fair process? Ma'am, I'm a landowner in Yeah, and I work County. with landowners and so and I, I find that, some landowners excuse me. like it. Keystone has treated me more than fair. Keystone calls when they come on my yeah. property. And I understand at the end we had a little bit of a audio issue there, but that is the gist of the meeting. What you have, as many of you understood, so first and foremost, let's just get out of the way what we're talking about here. There are no people under the age of like 40 years old in that meeting. So 20 to 40 really don't have a voice in this topic. And I'm sure they're affected by it. So right away, no young people, no voice. They, uh, it's only landowners. Fine. 
Then what I noticed about this is that there is a split between one half of the room that says, well, I was treated fair. I was treated the best of my ability by this United States government to make sure that my land was taken care of, to make sure that everything was good, right? To make sure that everything that was 100% that you could think of to have a landowner give their land up willingly was done. And, that, and those people are also echoing what the government is saying. It's going to create jobs. It's going to bring money to the region. It's going to be money we could use for schools and building new buildings and helping our land. And it's going to make us a better society. And then you have another side of the room that's saying, do you realize there's a chance people can get sick? Do you realize that they came onto my land and just seized my land? Do you realize I wasn't even invited to several meetings that were super, super, super important? There are lawyers on the record that represent tribes that are basically saying, we didn't know a meeting was happening. We didn't know. That's what's happening. That's what's going on all the time.